Well, welcome. Good morning. We're so glad that you are here. And if you are new or newer, I would love to personally connect with you. We have so many newer folks here, and I know with all the different exits, it's hard to connect. So this morning, I'm going to run as fast as I can out to the front at the end of this service. Um, and if you're and if you have time to actually introduce yourself, I'd love to be able uh, to meet you. Well, let's jump in to uh, this brand new teaching series that we're in called Christmas Presents, uh, the gifts of Christmas. You know, last week we just started, uh, we just kicked this off last week, and the idea is that we actually have the presence of God available to each person if we would just unwrap it. And if we unwrap that by acknowledging our need for a Savior, then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is literally God's presence in our life. So, um, we, we, um, last week when we kicked that off, um, we talked about a gift that you have to unwrap, right? And, and, it's, and the gift is the Holy Spirit, but through the Holy Spirit, all the rest of the weeks, um, five more weeks, we're going to look at five different gifts that come through the Holy Spirit. And today, um, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever received a gift that just like created inside of you this desire to want to give to somebody else because somebody else was generous to you? Have you ever have you ever done that? Like you were just like kind of shocked that you were set back. It wasn't even Christmas time. Right. And someone just gave you something. You're like, oh, my gosh. And then that caused you to be more generous to somebody else. Um, it was just like last week, I think it was, or the week before that, Ashley, my oldest daughter, uh, she's in a drunk, uh, Duncan uh, drive-thru, and as she's in the Duncan drive-thru, the person, you know, paid for her, and so that created a sense in her, oh my gosh, that person was generous for me, I should be generous to the person behind me, and, th- and then so she paid for that person behind her, and then, and then that happened to her multiple times in one week. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a listen and look what happened to the, at this Dunkin', or I mean at this uh, Dairy Queen, a Dairy Queen in another state. So, listen. Maybe it's the holiday spirit. Or it could be we're just all looking for a reason to feel good. Whatever the reason, people going through the Dairy Queen in Brainerd really paid it forward. It started last Thursday during the lunch hour with one person offering to pay the bill of the person behind them. Then it just kept going and going and it grew to more than 900 cars. We started just asking and encouraging and letting them know, you know, it's been five cars, it's been 15 cars, it's been 30 cars, it's been... And people started getting excited about it and it just continued. Uh, We closed Thursday night with money still on the board. And it continued all day Friday, and then even into Saturday night. In all, people spent more than $10,000 to help make someone else's day, and that is something everyone can feel good about. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that cool? See, what, that's what happens. The generosity of one person, it can actually overflow into somebody else. And today, I want us to unwrap. I want us to dive into, I want us to look at the gift of love. The gift of love. In fact, here's how I want us to see this. Choosing to unwrap and experience the unconditional, sacrificial, and redeeming love of Jesus is what makes a profound difference in our lives and the lives of those around us. To where you just want to continue to give 
that. Now, I know that when I talk about my parents, now not everybody had the same experience with their parents. And I talk about my parents a lot because they had a profound impact in my life. And I've talked about the way that my mom and dad have loved me. And they loved me unconditionally. They loved me, not because I was a good boy, because many, 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 many years I was a bad boy. <laughs> I, I mean, I was the kid, you know, the principals call and talking to dad all the time. You know, I'm the one that's in trouble all the time. And, and it would never end. My day would never end. Without this, I mean, I can remember, I mean, all throughout my years, even as a junior and a, and a senior in high school, I can remember just as vividly as yesterday going up my stairs to where my bedroom is. My dad's sitting on the couch with his bowl of popcorn and his Pepsi. And as I'm going up, he would always say, good night, son. I love you. And I would always say, good night, dad. I love you. And I would go in my bedroom and I would lay down and cover up and be able to lay there saturated in the love being affirmed by my dad. I knew I was loved by my mom and my dad. Now, not all of you had that same experience with your biological parents. But you can have that same experience with your Heavenly Father. Every night when you lay down, you can lay down knowing that you are loved. If you will unwrap this gift that God has for you. If you will understand the depth of His unconditional love. See, that's so hard for some people because we are so used to loving somebody who loves us. And we're used to, even, you know, I mean, how many times do, do our relationships get in trouble because we feel like our spouse isn't loving us? But that's not how God loves us. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us not because we did a bunch of good things today. He just loves us with no strings attached. And this kind of love is to be experienced you are to live in this kind of love. We're to be saturated in this kind of love because when we are, that's what makes a profound difference in your life. It actually transforms you from the inside out to where it affects the people around you. So, let's take a look at this love through God's Word. John chapter 15 is where we are. In John chapter 15, take your Bibles, no matter if you're in South County online or right here in the room, um, take your Bibles, go to John chapter 15, it's uh, verses 1 through 8. Um, we're going to see vine branches and gardener. Um, Jesus is just using an illustration that he's walking by, probably walk by a vineyard, right? There's a vine somewhere. They're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And on that way, on their way, because we were talking just now just a couple of hours before he will actually lay down his life. And so it's just hours away before he'll be arrested and actually be willing, submit and surrender himself to be sacrificed. He talks, they pass by, they see the vine, they see a branch. And then what Jesus will say is like, I'm the vine. 
You're the branches. And you know what? God the Father, He is the gardener. But then in verses 9 through 17, this is explained. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. We're going to read all 17 verses. So um, I want you in your Bibles. I want you to see this. But there's also a word. One word that continues to pop up multiple times. 11 times in one paragraph. uh, And uh, I think it was 9 times in another paragraph. One section. Um, And that word is remain. This, um, I want us to define what's, uh, right now what this means so that when we're reading it, you understand that when we read the word remain, he's talking about staying connected, to stay, to remain, to live, or to dwell, to abide. That's the idea behind this word that the Greek translators translated into um, remain. It means this, to be in a state that begins and continues yet may or may not end or stop. And in this case, he does not want it to stop. These are the words of Jesus, and he wants us to remain. He wants us to stay connected, to live, to, to, to abide in him. He wants us to, to it's a definitely a starting point, and then it will continue as we see this. So let's pick up the reading. John chapter 15, verse number one. I am the vine. So Jesus is saying, I'm the vine. And again, culture, the uh, culture point here to the Jewish people, they were referred to as the vine. The nation of Israel was referred to in the Old Testament. So when they hear vine, they're thinking, well, isn't vine Israel? And Jesus is like, no, now he's redefining vine. In the Old Testament, you'll see it in Jeremiah, Ezekiel. You'll see it in the Psalms, Psalms chapter 80. It all refers to the vine as the nation of Israel. Well, Jesus changes that. He is, why? Because he's replacing the old covenant with this new covenant. And that he is this new covenant. And he says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he uh, prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean. You, as he's talking to these disciples, he's like, you guys are already clean. He's got the 11. Why? Because Judas already left to go betray him. So he has 11 of the disciples there. He's like, no, you guys are already clean. What does he mean by that? He's talking about your faith, that you've already, you've said that you believe that I'm the Messiah. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, because you believe the word that I have spoken to you. And so he says, remain in me and I in you. Just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. Did you... I mean, can you just picture that? You, did you hear the words of Jesus as he looks at the 11 disciples and he says, like, unless you stay connected to me, you cannot do anything that's going to produce the fruit that God is calling from us. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. 
don't read that as like some kind of like rub the genie lamp and as long as you, you know, that's not what he means here. What he means here is that you are so connected to Jesus that you wouldn't want anything other than what Jesus would want because you have abided in him. And he has saturated you. And therefore, whatever Jesus would want, that's what you would want. And so, when you ask for that, well, that's different. He says this, My Father is glorified by this. Because here's the goal for your your life. If you're a Christ follower, this is the goal for your life. That you produce much fruit. That's the goal for you and I. To produce much fruit. And to prove to be my disciples. You prove that you're his disciples by producing much fruit. As the Father has loved me. We move into this new section. This section where he will define what he's talking about with this metaphor of the vine and the branches. As the Father has loved me, he says, I also have loved you. Envision in your mind, if you will, the way that Jesus has abided in the Father, the way that they have stayed connected. He says, that is what, that's how the Father's loved me, that's how I've loved the Father. And he's like, this is what I want for your life. He says, remain in my love. That is your goal, to remain, to dwell, to stay connected, to stay saturated in the love of Jesus. Now, as I was trying to think, if Jesus was living here among us today, I was thinking that if he was walking with 11 students in high school, I can't help but think he'd say, hey, pull out your phone. And everybody would pull out their phone. And then he would say, hey, your phone was created for a purpose. It was created to be useful for you so that you can stay connected to your family, to your friends. Right? It was created for that purpose. But unless you have a power cord... right? Unless you're pl- and you take that power cord and you plug it into some power, your phone's only going to last... For so long. And so he would look at us. He'd look at those teenagers. And he would say, so make sure you charge your phone every day. So that it can produce what it was created to produce. And Jesus would look at you. And he would say, stay connected to me. To my love. So that... You can produce what you were created to produce. What were you created to produce? More love like Jesus has loved you. And as I thought about, what does it really look like to be saturated by the love of Jesus? And I thought about those times when I was an little boy. I'd jump in the pool, right? 
And I get out. I'm soaking wet, right? And I go find the first person who is dry and just hug them and like, you know, run, like give them a big old hug. Why? Because I wanted them to get all wet too. I would be saturated with water and the water would get all over them, right? And that's saturated in the love of Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. And then just go leak out on people. It just naturally happens, right? When you, I mean, think about it. You get out of the pool. You sit on the patio furniture. You get up and you can tell where you were sitting, right? Because it's all wet. When you go to the office, when you go to school, people should be able to tell where you have been because Jesus' love has leaked out of you. There's just something different about the way you carry yourself when you go and when you talk to your professor. There's something different the way that you handle yourself in customer service. There's something different about the way that you treat other people with dignity and respect and you see them as a human being no matter whether they're on your side or not. They still have the image of God stamped in them. And you can love them. So, in order for us to live like that, we have to know some adjectives. How would we, how, what does this look like? Like, how would we describe the love of God? So Jesus' love is this. Jesus' love is unconditional. And you know what that looks like? You're not waiting for somebody to give it back to you. You are just giving the love of Jesus. And you know why you have it to give? It's because Jesus gave it to you, not because you tried harder. Please hear this. Everything that you hear me say... You have to understand that this kind of love does not come because you tried harder. This is not about you trying harder. This is about you allowing what Galatians 5.22 says, that the Spirit of God, like we kicked this off last week, the Holy Spirit produces, Galatians 5.22, love. That's what He produces. So this isn't about you trying harder. This is about you remaining, abiding, connecting to Jesus. And that love produces in you an unconditional love for other people. That's how this happens. So the love of Jesus looks like this. It looks unconditional. It looks sacrificial. It is sacrificial. It's because it's, this is so hard because there are going to be days when you don't feel like loving. There's going to be times when you don't want to respond in a loving way. And you know what? You're going to have to sacrifice. And, you're going to, and, and sometimes love costs. It costs. You know, you're not looking to win the argument because you want to keep the relationship. So it's going to be sacrificial. Um, Jesus' love is compassionate love. It cares. It literally cares about what that other person is going through. Do you realize that's how Jesus loves you? He cares about your emotions and your feelings. He cares about what you're feeling on the inside. Jesus loves us with a compassionate love. And He calls us to love others with a compassionate kind of love. It's an ever lasting love. It's a love that doesn't stop. Remember what remain means? That it, it's, it has a starting point and then it continues. 
That's the kind of love that is available to you and I as we remain, as we stay connected, as we abide in this kind of love. It's everlasting. It's a forgiving love. It's something when you realize all that you have been forgiven, when you, when you stop and you think, I can't believe it. I just can't believe that my dad forgave me that time, you know, and then 10 times the next day, and then 25 times, and then by the end of the week, I can't believe that I've been forgiven that many times. Where does that come from? You know, Jesus put it this way, to forgive seven times 70 Meaning, you know what, Just don't, you shouldn't have a, a marker. You know, you're not keeping track because that love doesn't. It doesn't keep a score. This is the kind of love that he calls us to love, to have. But it doesn't come because you are trying harder. It comes because the Holy Spirit produces this in you. This love is a redeeming love. It's a love that when I saw my dad at the front door once because of a neighbor who knocked on his door and, my, and the property damage that I did to that person's property, it was the kind of love watching my dad go get his wallet and start shelling out cash at the front door. He bought that. He, brought, he bought my condemnation from a neighbor. And Jesus' love is that he bought you He bought me. He bought my condemnation, my judgment for my sin. He paid for that. It's redeeming so that I don't have to carry the weight, the judgment, the guilt, the shame. This is the kind of love that Jesus offers. And I don't want you to think some of you, especially some of you guys, right? Right? You're like... This, this love stuff is too sappy for me. I'm not talking about, you know, all this sappy, good, feely, good stuff. No. It, this stuff is hard. My dad was a, a Marine, right? He was a sergeant. He, he was a rough guy. But he could love at the same time. And so can you. And so can I. Because Jesus loved us. <clears throat> and just because my dad loved me, doesn't mean that I didn't suffer consequences. Oh my goodness, I could tell you story after story where I suffered consequences for every one of those you know, poor decisions that I made. I, my dad did not skip out on the consequences of that. But every time, he would look at me. And at the end of the day, he would say, Son, I love you. You see, God's love, Jesus' love, it's personal. It's global in the sense that he, for God so loved the world, but it is personal. Have you experienced this love? Is it personal to you? When you lay down in your bed at night, do you go to bed knowing that you are loved irregardless of how you acted for the day? Do you just rest in the love that God has for you? That's, that is how it's personal, and that's why it's invitational. Jesus' love is invitational. He wants you. He wants you to invite this into your life so that you can produce much fruit, so that when you go to work, so that when you are in that customer service line, that you 
can demonstrate the love of Jesus to where other people are like, how come that person is so, like, kind? How come they're so gentle? Even when they're harsh to you. Even when you didn't have to reconcile, but you chose to do it anyway. See, that's living a life that's invitational. That's living a life. I mean, can't you see it right now? Those little wet footprints on the patio, right? You, just, you, you know exactly where the kids have been because you see the little wet footprints everywhere, right? We should see wherever Christ's followers have been because we should be leaving our mark in the way that we love others. Jesus' love is all these things. And this is why my suggestion to you is when you go to bed at night, that you recall, that you remember, that you just tell Jesus, Jesus, thank you for loving me unconditionally. Jesus, thank you for sacrificial love that you have shown me. Thank you that you are compassionate towards me. Jesus, thank you that your love for me is never going to end. Uh, Thank you that your love for me, that you have forgiven me for today. Because Jesus, remember when I responded to my wife, (laughs) forgive me. Uh, Jesus, thank you that your love, that you bought me. Thank you uh, that you redeemed me. You took my condemnation. Jesus, thank you. And in these ways, as you remind yourself every night, here's what what I'm telling you will happen. You're going to get a better night's rest. That will produce more peace in you as you sleep. Why? Because you're resting in how Jesus loves you. And you know what? When you wake up in the morning and and you wake up and say, Jesus, thank you for the way that you loved me last night. And now I could just sleep like a baby. Now help me to live this out in my day today. Let's jump back into the scripture in verse number 10. It says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Now, again, God didn't love Jesus only because he kept his commandments. No, Jesus loved the father. And because of that love, he wanted to do exactly what the father had called him to do. That's what this is. And that's and this is what's true for you. That if you are in that love relationship, it's going to just come out of you. That you're going to want to do what Jesus has called you to do. You're going to want to live in the way that Jesus has called you to live. And then, again, here's the thing. He's switching from Old Testament uh, theology, from this Old Testament covenant to a new covenant that Jesus is offering. He says, I have told you these things so that uh, my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. So again, we see that we understand what is very clear here is about loving And then he says, no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. And then he says, you are my friends. Here's the change. Watch what happens. You are my friends if you do what I ask you to do. If you do what I have commanded you to do. You are my friends. I will know that you have remained connected to me because the way that you live your life is that you're going to love others. He says, I do not call you servants anymore. Old Testament, Old Covenant language. He says, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, I have called you friends. And, and friends, this is for you. 
This is a call for you. He says, I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. There's this whole switch that Jesus is trying to get them to see. That he, there's there's a switch from the Old Testament, Old Covenant to this New Covenant that we live in with Jesus. This New Covenant that Jesus has brought with himself by laying down his life. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Remember last week we talked about it's the Holy Spirit who makes you aware of your sin, who convicts you of your sin. See, that's the first step of you knowing and that's how He has chose you. He chose you. He, he reaches down and He chose you. And you know what? He has a plan. He has a plan for you to stay abided to Him so that you can produce much fruit. And what is that much fruit? To remain in His love so that you can love other people. He says, oh, right there. He said, he said, I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. That's what He wants. For your life. This is what I command you. Love one another. So, the question is this. Have you, it all starts with unwrapping the gift of Jesus' sacrificial love. Have you submitted? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Because that's the first step and that's the next step that you need to take if you haven't taken it yet. The connection card is in the chair in front of you. Just pull that out. And there's three next steps on the back of that connection card. This is the first one. And so if this is, if this is where you find yourself, and all of us find ourselves in a place of a next step, we all need to take a next step because we all need to grow, right? And maybe um, your next steps are captured here, and maybe they're not, but you have a next step. So you should be, always be asking, Jesus, what's my next step? What's the next step that you have for me? And maybe this is where you are. It says, I have never unwrapped or experienced the unconditional, sacrificial, redeeming love of Jesus. I want and desire this gift of salvation. Pray for me. Put your name on that connection card on the front side, circle step number one, and we'll definitely be praying for you that the Holy Spirit will give you the eyes to see so that you can unwrap the gift of salvation. The other next step says this. I have a hard time remaining in God's love. And you know how you have a hard time? It's when you're exhausted. God's love isn't exhausting. See, that means you're trying instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to produce it in you. And so pray that I would learn to rest in God's love instead of trying to earn it. Is that where you find yourself? Do you just find yourself just worn out? Well, will you let us pray for you? Circle step number two, put your name on that connection card. The third step says this, pray I will have the courage to love others the way Jesus loves me. This week, as I remain in God's love, I will look for ways to demonstrate his love. Like, what if that was you that started the 900 car, you know, entourage there? What if you did that right here in our state of Rhode Island? What if, what if you went up to a homeless person And you ask them, what's just one gift that you wish you could have for Christmas? And they tell you. And then you said to them, don't move, I'll be back in an hour. Right? And then you go and you buy that. And then you wrap it. And then you find them, you come back and you say, here's a gift for you. I mean, what a great idea, right? 
We can do this. We can live like this. Maybe you would be creative and come up with your own idea. But all of us are able to do this. So my encouragement to you is this week, over over the next seven days, give yourself that deadline. Oh, by Friday, I've got to do X. I've got to find some way. And we're going to pray for you. We'll pray for you by name. And let's see what God does in your life. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love. And thank you for the way that it brings about change in our lives. And Jesus, we pray that we could saturate the state of Rhode Island from the furthest point south to the furthest point north, as well as east and west. God, we ask you to cover this state May we saturate it with your love everywhere we go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we get to remember the love that Jesus has for us. And we're going to do that through communion. And the way that we um, do communion here is that you don't have to be a member, but you do need to be a Christ follower because that's what the scriptures say. We don't want you to take communion in a way that's not right with God. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that we need to make sure that we're right. So, here's, what, here's how this goes. Every, we hope that you receive a little thing of communion. If you're in the Cranston location in South County, you should have received this as well. If you're at home, grab your juice or your bread. And if you didn't receive this, um, I'm going to ask the ushers to get ready to um, pass this out to anybody who did not receive it in this room right here. If, if you didn't, just raise your hand. The ushers will get you um, yours this morning. Yep, we got some right here in the front that need some communion. So just keep your hand up until uh, they're able to give you your communion. And we want to take time to reflect. The Apostle Paul said, let every person examine himself. So we're just going to take a minute, minute and a half for you to pause, for you to talk to God and ask God, is everything, is everything right between me, you, uh, you, you and I? And is everything right in your relationships one with the other? Because that's, a, that's another venue that you need to think through. And then once you receive that, once you're like, yes, and once you confess, then we invite you, we invite you to partake with us. We're gonna do, we'll take the bread first, and, and if you have one of these, it's, it's got two different layers on it. So the bread's on the top layer, you would take that. And you'll wait until I come, and we'll take the bread together. And then we're going to sing part of a song, and then I'll come back, we'll take the cup together. All right? So, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit, that you'll hear from the Holy Spirit right now. Whether you're in South County, right here in Cranston, or whether you're online. I'm going to invite that you would hear from the Holy Spirit right now. And that He would bring to your, the forefront of your mind anything that you need to confess. Anything that you need to get right. And then you could just abide. Remember the love. This represents the love the sacrificial, unconditional, redeeming love of Jesus. So, Father, we're inviting you here in this space. We're inviting you to be with us, to meet here. We're inviting you, Holy Spirit, to point out our sin. Because we want to make it right. We want to make it right with you, and we want to make it right with those around us. So, Jesus, please, Holy Spirit, 
speak as we listen.